1: there buffalo bills fans welcome back to this week's episode of the bill eve podcast we are so grateful that you have taken the time to listen to us the bill eve podcast here on the buffalo rumblings family of podcasts my name is john boccasino being joined by my colleague my good friend jamie D'Amico. we are here to get you through the tough times that bills fans are going through right now it's been a disappointing last month plus of the season for our Beloved Buffalo Bills, I want to say there's still hope and there's still time, and the schedule makers would agree with you know, there's still being, you know, great more games for the Bills to um to put forth on the ledger. But Jamie, I just I don't know. Something about Sunday night's game really it it gets in my craw. You know, the Bills dropping another one. It almost seems like as much as we want to talk about the Chiefs being the Bills' primary nemesis. The Bengals have Buffalo's number.
0: Well, they really do. And that was not a game I ever saw the Bills winning even before the season. So as opposed to other Bills fans, including Mr. Boccasino himself, I am not bothered by this. And I'll tell you exactly why. Because everything that went wrong in that game is correctable. Really, everything that went wrong in that game is correctable. Think about it. The Bills were a couple of plays away from probably winning that game. Let's say there's no intentional grounding call taking them out of field goal range. Oh, that was such horse shit. That was such a horse shit call. Let's say that uh, that Dalton Kincaid doesn't fumble that ball. They, they were they were marching. That looked like a touchdown on its way. Those two plays right there, that's 10, possibly 10 points that completely sways the game. And when you take a look at it in its totality, the Bills' offense looks sluggish. But there are things they can do to improve that. You know, i it's frustrating that they weren't going up-tempo because that's when they've been at their best. But they can start going up-tempo they can adjust the route combinations to make it a little easier on Josh Allen to read the field, as opposed to having it split, you know, between two hash marks to the sideline. You know, it's all of these things lead me to say that if you look at the Buffalo bills, a couple of years ago, at one point they were seven and six. Do you remember that? I do. They were coming off that loss
1: to the Buccaneers where they staged a furious Second half comeback. They went to overtime. They actually had a chance to win the game at the end of regulation. Um, I actually attended
0: that game in Tampa.
1: Oh, did you? Yeah. Great atmosphere. And, uh, you know, the Bills versus Brady. It was a a marquee showdown. And Buffalo came up short in overtime. But that really was the catalyst. I mean, the Bills didn't lose again uh, until the playoffs. They closed off the regular season on a winning streak. So, Jamie, and I get. I get where you're coming from with things being fixable um, on this offense. I just, and we're not going to spend the whole podcast uh, rehashing Cincinnati, but I just, I don't know if it's cl- what really bothered me about the game is this first drive bills, no huddle up tempo, March down field, 12.1 yards per play. Incredible touchdown drive. That tied the game at seven. Then they were down 14, seven, 21, seven at the half. The defense clamps down, gives up only three points in the second half. The -hmm. Bills legit had a chance to get one defensive stop, get the ball back, and go downfield and win. I don't understand if it's so obvious to you and me, just passionate fans of the Bills, how well the offense operates in no huddle mode. What in the hell do you make of Sean McDermott saying, well, the Bills didn't go up tempo because they were experimenting with different offensive looks?
0: Okay, I have something to say on that, which is he knows that this defense cannot hold. As currently constituted, this defense is amongst the worst in the league. Now, they were a top five defense before the injuries began, but they have lost way too much talent to be competitive on the defensive side of the ball. So what are the Bills trying to do? They are trying to control the clock a little bit to keep the other team off the field. They don't want to, they want to have long, methodical drives and they don't want to score quickly because that defense, as we've seen, cannot get themselves off the field. So, this is if in the way they're drawing it up, this is an attempt to let those guys catch their breath because they know that the next time they're on the field, it may be another 12-minute drive that they give up.
1: That's a fair point, and the Bills have been getting their lunches handed to them when it comes to time of possession. I just, there has to be a happy medium, because the Bills went from that impressive game-opening drive, again, up-tempo, more than 12 yards of play against the Cincinnati defense, and then they averaged, I think they got 47 yards total over their next three or four drives and really went into hibernation mode. I also want to say, Jamie, I take a little bit of umbrage with the bills defense, the accusations against them, because, and I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, this bill's defense is not great, but they made adjustments in the second half. And I, I think a lot of it to me comes down to Linval Joseph had himself a game. He had himself mm-hmm. a really nice debut coming from the couch onto the starting uh, defensive tackle, nose tackle role for this Buffalo Bills team. And the Bills, outside of the one drive that they absolutely needed to get a stop, that last one after the touchdown pass to Diggs and the two-point conversion, outside the second half of the defense showed me something. I mean, the run defense was much better. But what I don't like, Jamie, and this is maybe what I would take more issue with than the defense itself, is the play calling. For Sean McDermott. We talked about this extensively on the preview podcast. The way to attack Joe Burrow is not to blitz him with extra backs, with extra Mm -hmm. linebackers, with extra secondary members. And yet, that's exactly what Sean McDermott did. He blitzed with five and six guys. I think it was 31% of the time. That's a recipe for disaster. How does someone who's supposedly a defensive-minded coach not get that you cannot win against the Bengals by bringing extra blitzers?
0: I will I, I, I will counter that by saying they did it the entire game and only gave up three points in the second half.
1: But it seemed like in the first half, there were more like... Burrows quick. I mean Burrow gets yeah. rid of the ball really quickly. I don't know. I just I don't like and it goes to the same thing with the up tempo offense. if we are able to discern how much better Buffalo's offense is pushing the pace. and if we are able to discern that the bills are vulnerable when they bring linebackers, secondary members, defensive backs on pressure. Like, I don't know, it it just didn't seem, I never, the defense got torched in the first half. It did a much better job in the second half. I I can't just chalk it up to the blitz because it wasn't like they, I mean, they got to burrow a couple of times, but it just seems to me you're putting your team in a place to fail when you do something that plays to an opponent's strength.
0: Yeah, you know, and and I did interrupt you a moment ago, my apologies, but I, I agree 100% because when you watch Joe Burrow number 1 he's not afraid to get hit like he he has no conscience when it comes to like <laughs> preserving his body the other thing is he processes the field probably faster than anyone and he's incredibly accurate so when you combine those things he is a blitz beater personified and I, I would have to agree with you on that. Although whatever the bills did in the second half seemed to work.
1: I guess I didn't want to talk all episode about the Bengals game, but I think it's no. good for us to get out some of those frustrations. And I, I, I will tip my hat to you, Jamie. I think the point about things being correctable and fixable is valid. And I think one of the examples of this, so I don't know, I, you know, me, buddy, after I I'm very optimistic, mm-hmm. I'm very glasses half full, and I want to make this transition from what the Bills didn't do on the field against Cincinnati to what they did afterwards. And what I'm talking about specifically is the news on Thursday that veteran running back Latavius Murray called a play. Now, originally, the report came out that the Bills had had a players only meeting and the first reports were, well, is it the whole team? And it turns out it was just the offense and it was Latavius Murray's doing because in his own words, you know, he knows that this team can make a difference that this offense can be a difference maker. And hopefully this will be a step in the right direction for the players to hold a players only meeting. I don't know, Jamie, to me, I'm glad that they're recognizing that like something needs to change and they Mm -hmm. need to all get together and be on the same page, but I'm not necessarily sure. I think it's a great thing that, the players, I don't know, players only meetings to me don't have good connotations, in my opinion.
0: Usually they happen when something is going wrong, right? And that something is either they're not getting effort from people, that they're not on the same page, or that there's a message they feel they need to bring to the coaching staff. Hmm. Thoughts?
1: See our previous diatribe about why McDermott's defense has been coming up short and why Dorsey's offense needs to... uh Shake it up a bit because I, I guess I, and I'm, I'm towing both sides of the line here, but I, I did. I really did like the fact that Murray called them all together because here's what I think happened in, in, in the locker room. And clearly I wasn't there for the players only meeting. But I got to imagine something to the extent of guys, we are wasting opportunities. We need to get the ship righted because we have a lot of talent on this offense and look on the other side of the field. Our defense is beleaguered, they're banged up, and they're depleted. We have got to pick them up, and that's why it's so Mm -hmm. frustrating because the offense has left points on the field time and time again, and you and I both have said it. If this Bills team is going to be successful, it's going to be okay corral shootout style where they're Mm -hmm. putting up 30-plus points, not the 20 or fewer points that Buffalo's been averaging over the last month plus of the season. So that's that's to me my interpretation of what Murray and the boys were talking about at one bills drive. And the more I think about it, I like the fact while it could be a negative generally when players call uh, players only meetings. I think with this cast of characters, it is a matter of, hey, before this is gone permanently, before we fall further behind, we still have a chance to write the ship and get the offense back on track to what we know it can
0: be. And, and I love your interpretation of that, because 100% correct is what we've been talking about. The defense, God bless them. They're playing their asses off. They don't have the talent that they need to compete. And statistically, they are near the bottom of the league. They're playing hard. They're making some plays here and there. They're not getting turnovers. They're not getting off the field. But, yes. Yes. We've seen what the Bills can do when the offense is clicking on all cylinders, and we saw that in that season when they were at 1.7-6, and right? Remember that game against the Chiefs in the playoffs? I do. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I I think many Bills fans would would take getting to
1: that point in the season uh, because that would mean that the Bills did make the playoffs and uh, were a threat uh, in the postseason. And, you know, the other thing I'll say too, Jamie, is the Bills – So this is kind of spinning it forward going into this week. Uh, The Bills are yet again at home in primetime. It's our third straight primetime home game. The Denver Broncos uh, come to Highmark Stadium in week 10. And uh, this is a very interesting matchup for me, Jamie, with the Bills and the Broncos, because the Bills have done a good job of following up duds on offense with boom performances and every time Buffalo has been held under 20 points uh in a game which of course they were in a 24 to 18 loss to Cincinnati which by the way is the second time this year the bills had a game score ending in 24 to 18 back to back weeks that's kind of weird right oh. or am I the only one that looks in numerology like that
0: I did not realize that myself
1: it's kind of crazy
0: it's an odd score
1: to begin with and but the bills have bounced back every time they've scored 20 or fewer points, they've responded with 25 or more. And I think this offense, I mean, what you, you look back to, you know, weeks two through four of the season, the bills averaged more than 41 points a game. The last four, they're down to 20 points a game and it's the clutch plays and it's scoring when the offense, when the defense needs a pick me up. I think I I don't dare. I say it, Jamie, but, This has got to be a get right game for the offense against Denver and a much improved Broncos defense, too. This is not the Broncos D that surrendered 70 to Tua and the Dolphins. They're rounding into form. So how do you see this playing out on Monday when it comes to Buffalo's offense? Can they get right?
0: Well, there's really no margin for error left this season, especially when it comes to losing to teams in the AFC. The Bills are not doing well. Yes, this is this is a game where they have got to get it right. And the thing is, we have a Denver Broncos team that had both given up 70 points and beat the Chiefs. Wait, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense.
0: No, not a shred of sense. Which is, you know, why we watch the games, right? But ultimately, to me, again, I, I've said this before, and I know I sound like a broken record. It's not about the opponent. It's about the Buffalo Bills. It's about are they going to play up to their capability on offense? And if they are doing that, there is not a defense that can stand with them. The Bills will score their points if they're clicking. Now, what is it going to take for them to click? Well, they have got to establish the line of scrimmage. The running game, it's got to happen because the Bills are, for better or for worse, they're committed to it this year. Now, they only ran it to the backs eight times in the last game. It's not exactly what you would want to see. You'd want to see them be able to push the line of scrimmage a little bit. With that, that is going to play into what I think is Sean McDermott's philosophy here, which is we've got to keep our defense off the field because if the other team can't get on the field with their offense, they can't score. Otherwise, you keep putting your defense out there, you're going to keep giving up TDs, and that's just they're they're not going to win that way. So that's that's what I'm looking at. It's a it is about the Buffalo Bills being smart with the football, establishing the run, you know, Josh Allen not making too many mistakes, but playing free and easy, and the team just going out having some fun. They don't have fun out there anymore, man. There's a great article that uh, Tim Graham from The Athletic put out there.
1: I believe it was yesterday now where he's basically talking about, remember when the Bills offense used to be fun and used to have fun? And I think, Jamie, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of those points there. This that's again, the players only meeting, I think, is going to be really tantamount to the success of this offense moving forward, because this team, as it's constituted, needs the offense to ball out. And I know I mentioned that the Broncos have improved defensively, but you're right. This is not about the Broncos. This is about the Buffalo Bills doing and playing to their level of capabilities. And the Broncos, for all their talk about, you know, getting better and holding the Chiefs, Without a, a touchdown, that's an anomaly. This Denver Broncos defense still ranks last in the league in yards per game against. They're next to last in points allowed per game under Vance Joseph. This is a defense that is ripe for the taking. The Bills, I think, should have a really good, healthy bounce back performance by the offense. And I don't know, this to me, Jamie, could be like you said earlier the catalyst, the springboard for the Bills to go on a, a, a nice, run they need to win these next two games Mm -hmm. out heading into the key stretch with the eagles the chiefs the cowboys i mean the teeth of the schedule is coming up and i think it's a perfect get right opportunity for this bills offense to really put it all together because again quietly like the offense i don't know i think much is being made about their demise you know like the the offensive line is playing out of their minds. If I had told you before the season started that entering week 10 of the season, the bills would have top five rankings in both run blocking and pass protection. Who, what bills fan wouldn't take that this unit is Mm -hmm. really Spencer Brown. Didn't have a great game um, with the penalties. And there was one on Osiris Torrance, but in general, this offensive line is playing extraordinarily well, and we need to take a minute to appreciate the continuity because everything else is going to hell in a handbasket, it seems like, but the O-line is really playing well and proving its metal. And again, I think that's going to be a good opportunity for the Bills to play some up-tempo offense, um, but then also give the defense a little bit of a rest and a breather too with those long. The Bills offense can and has proven a capable, capability of marching up and down the field in 15, 16, mm-hmm. 17 plays and that's just so demoralizing for the opposing defense. Yes.
0: And when they do that, it prevents the same thing from happening to their own defense, you know, on back-to-back drives. It's just it's it, it all works together when Sean McDermott talks about complementary football uh, through all three phases. This is what he's talking about. It's really funny. I want to go on a sidebar a little bit here. There's just strange ways in which people are finding criticism of the Bills and the coaching staff in particular. I was seeing on social media where people were getting very upset at Sean McDermott for saying he wanted the team to play complimentary football. What? You're angry at that? (laughs) you're angry that he wants all three phases to play well as a as a team i I just uh anyway jimmy let me give you some
1: advice i've been battling this a little bit too on the social media front i find that bill's twitter or bill's x whatever you want to call it is an insane place to be because you've got people that are saying that the Bills should pull the plug on the whole season and tank for a better draft pick. Um, you've got people that want to remake the entire offense. Like, slow your roll. The offense, and by the way, I I, I want to bring this up too because I feel like when we talk about crazy takes out there with the offense and people are ripping Ken Dorsey to shreds and saying how much they want to you know, fire him and move on, there's been this um, graphic that's been circulating comparing the final 25 games of the Brian Dable era Mm -hmm. as the offensive coordinator and the first 25 games with Ken Dorsey calling the plays. Mm -hmm. Do you know, Jamie, that the Buffalo Bills have a better ranking in almost every category out there outside of Dable's teams scored a little bit more, but Dorsey's teams were more effective in the red zone had better success on the plays that they ran averaged more yards per play uh, during the first 25 games of his tenure. And they both were 18 and seven during that time span. So let's slow ourselves when it comes to kicking Dorsey to the curb, because I think it's a matter. I hate to say this execution thing, but it really is execution and scheming and just getting back to having fun and playing like backyard football with this bill's offense. That's the remedy that's going to get him back on track.
0: And what was the difference in the points put up? Do you recall from that article in The Athletic? I do not. I'll give, do you, one, I, I'll give you the I answer. I do not offhand know that one. Do you know it? Yes. The difference was average drive start. That's right, because the
1: defense was forcing more turnovers and giving the Bills a shorter field, I Mm -hmm. remember it now, which makes them more prolific and dangerous. Of course, any offense is going to be more dangerous if they only have 50 yards to go instead of 75.
0: Yep, average drive start, and also I I don't think this was in the the graphic, but I believe there is probably a difference in the number of possessions. And you gotta think the more you have the ball, the more likely you are to put up points, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it really does point to the defense, is yeah, and, and we know this the defense is struggling right now. There's no way it's not going to struggle. They're just into the dregs of the roster at this point with all the injuries.
1: And I do want to clarify, Jamie. I I'm looking at the article now to give a little more context too. Um, the fact that like the Bills basically under Dable during that stretch, they had 42 offensive drives that started in opposing opponent territory for Ken Dorsey. It's 29. That's one Hmm. of the big reasons why the bills are averaging fewer offensive points per game, despite really showing big gains with regards to how many points are expected to gain per play per drive and their success rates out there. So the bills, I don't think they're that far off um, from getting back on track. And, I'll say this too. As much as we make a big deal over the turnovers and the interceptions with Josh Allen, his numbers are eerily similar with Ken Dorsey as his offensive coordinator. In fact, Allen's completing more passes per game, a higher clip per game, and more yards per game. And the interceptions are only three more over that 25 game span uh, than it was uh, under Brian Dable. So it's really not that, it's not like, for all the people that want to fire Dorsey and make a way to have Dable come back, no. Stop it. Like, it's not that it, – the difference is not as big as you're making it out to be.
0: Okay, I agree the difference is not as big as we're making it. However, I I don't want to come off as being a, a Ken Dorsey apologist because I do think that he is part of the problem at the moment with the offense. I, I think that he is – okay, in my other podcast I referred to him as myopic and then I was yelled at by a loyal listener because he didn't know what the word meant. <laughs> and then <laughs> and, Well your goal
1: is to educate and enlighten us. So what and, and did you then, learn about myopic by the way?
0: Well and then uh, just to tell you real quick another loyal listener said if Jamie stops using the word myopic, I'm going to stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> so I love what he did there. And well, anyway, I, I, I think that I think that the lack of flexibility—you don't see a lot of great in-game adjustments necessarily. Although they did make it against the Bengals late in the game with different formations. Um, there was a great video put out by Eric Turner of Cover One sort of diagnosing what is wrong with the play designs. And yes, I absolutely think that you should watch this video because it does kind of give some insight as to why this offense is a little bit more challenged than it should be. This offense is built on efficiency, but it has kind of taken away a number of the big play opportunities because it's not really built into the play calls. So anyway, I, I will leave it at that. I think Dorsey could be doing a better job, but I do think that is correctable.
1: It's talking about, yeah, the big plays, the home run threats just aren't coming through as much other than you know Josh taking that ill-fated um, wheel route to Gabe Davis that got picked off against the Bengals. Uh, he took that shot to Stephon Diggs downfield and double coverage, but the Bills are really not dialing up the big plays nearly as much as they used to. And I want to defend Gabe Davis a little bit here too. Oh, do you? I do. And I'm curious to hear your take on this too, because Bill's fans out there want to run Gabe Davis out of town in a hurry. Uh They want to move on to another number two wide receiver, but I feel like he's getting hurt by the fact that sometimes I don't think, I mean, it, it almost seems like if he makes one mistake or if he runs one bad route Josh Allen forgets about his existence forgets about him as being part of the offense if you go back and Scarecrow for us at Buffalo Rumblings did a phenomenal job with gifs out there of showing just how open Gabe Davis was on a ton of routes and Josh just didn't see him you know he wasn't he was dialed in on Kincaid or Diggs or finding somebody else and Gabe Davis, to me, has been doing a much better job of putting himself open, running routes where he should be targeted, and Josh just isn't seeing him for whatever reason.
0: Okay, okay, I'll I'll buy that. Um, the limited route tree that they have him run is not beneficial, and we saw that a couple of games ago when he was actually doing a bit well, he was a bit more active in running different types of routes. We saw him get the ball more frequently that I like.
1: And, and if you know, you're going to have a limited uh, route running option for Davis, and he's still getting open this with those limitations that to me, it's like, there's no reason he should have two targets in a game ever. Like he's, he's physically imposing. He wins his matchups. That's another thing that's correctable and fixable, you know, with this, uh, with this offense. And, and the running game, you know, they'll they'll get back to basics with James Cook. Uh, maybe this is the week Lenny Fournette gets activated. Although Ooh. I think Latavius Murray is going to have himself a day, just based off the fact that he is now, you know, the the superhero for calling together the offense and organizing this meeting. I wouldn't be surprised if he had himself a nice game on Monday night. This needs to be a get right game for the Bills offense. I can't say it enough. Jamie said it earlier too. Our talk here on the podcast, that's why we're not talking much about the Broncos at all because it's not about Denver. This is about Buffalo. Not at all. It's about Buffalo answering the bell and Buffalo coming to play in prime time. We've we've both given you our reasons, Jamie, um, as to why we think the offense is going to have a banner get right night under the lights at Highmark on Monday night. What about Buffalo's defense? And did you pick up to the fact of just how good I thought Linval Joseph played coming off the couch. I mean, the Joe Mixon and the Bengals run game in the second half, especially when the Bills knew they were going to be running, had really good success stopping the run, I thought.
0: Oh, Linny is going to be the starter within a game or two if he doesn't start this game. He just needs to get into football shape. But yeah, they're paying him good money because they want him to be on the field. And yeah, it it definitely showed. Now, he is a run stuffer. He's not a pass rusher, but he made a difference, especially in short yardage situations. Now, what is the defense going to do? You know, I'm just hoping for a bend, but don't break. You really have to keep it into perspective here because expecting big things out of them is not, it's just not going to, it's going to disappoint you what they need are turnovers and that's why they have Rasul Douglas now because their other defensive backs are not, they're just not getting the INTs. The safeties are looking a step slower than they were uh, last year. That's hurting a little bit. You've got, you're too far into your depth on linebacker and you know, Von Miller just isn't himself yet. So I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm just hoping for turnovers and that that'll be the difference to me.
1: And where do turnovers start? It starts with getting good pressure up front. It starts with Greg Russo, who had such a great first month of the season. I know he's been injured. He's got that foot ailment he's playing through. Uh, he's really been a non-factor the last couple of games. We need Groot to get back on track and be mm-hmm. the pass rushing menace. Um, and Leonard Floyd, who I know uh, sat out Thursday's practice with an illness, uh, he should be ready to go and firing on all cylinders. But AJ Epinesa, your breakthrough needs to continue with a big game because this Bills team, Jamie, it's scary to think this Bills defense might be missing Terrell Bernard on Monday night because he's in the concussion protocol. I don't know uh, what step or what phase of the protocol uh, he's in. But what a nightmare it would be if you're forced to go with Tyrell Dodson and Dorian Williams um, as your linebacking starting duo with AJ Klein sprinkled in. I mean, this is really the depths of depression for Buffalo's defense.
0: Well, it doesn't bode well for pass coverage. (laughs) Uh, Dorian Williams has been caught out of position a couple of times in pass coverage, and Tyrell Dodson just doesn't excel in, in that area. So, yes, I, I'm with you. And, you know, Terrell Bernard has been the turnover machine for the Bills' defense this year. They really need him out there, and it does change the complexion of the game a little bit. But also, you know, I, I do think that the more snaps Dorian Williams gets, that he is going to improve.
1: At this point, I'm with you, Jamie. Let Dorian play. Let the kid play. You literally have nothing to lose anymore with this mash unit of a linebacking core and this banged up defense, let the kid play and learn on the job. And I think that you're going to see again, all this pressure that needs to come from the front four um, to get after Russell Wilson to then force those interceptions, because who knows what the back end of the secondary is going to look like either with both Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer uh, dealing with injuries. Now, nothing has been stated on the record that I have seen about, those two's availability for Monday night's game as we're recording uh, this podcast here before the weekend. But I really feel like if there's any possibility, you know, both Hyde and Poyer are going to be out there. They're going to find a way to make it work because honestly, Jamie, without them playing, like those two veterans came back for a reason, especially Poyer. He came back because Buffalo's home because he feels so welcomed here on this team, and this Bills defense needs both of them to step up in spades um, on uh, Monday night's game with the Broncos. Otherwise, Jamie, I don't know what the Bills are going to do, uh, you know, for for Monday night because you're looking at again the neck and stinger injury for Micah Hyde, the leg injury that Jordan Poyer went through. You know, they missed practice on Thursday. Hopefully they're able to uh to round into form and, and come back to play to, to to really boost the back of Buffalo's defense.
0: Man, did you really put a positive spin on the reason Jordan Poyer came back to the Bills?
1: <laughs> I tried, man. I mean, it's money too, and nobody else wanted him. But you know, I, I I give it up for a veteran wanting to stay in Buffalo. You know, I mean, this this city gets, you know, poo-pooed on for the weather and, you know, everything like that. And for a veteran to have found that home and community, I'll give it up for Poyer for his loyalty.
0: All right. All right. I'm with you. I I hear that. I hear that. But yes, uh, it, the bills have to get it done on the line of scrimmage, take some heat off. I'm, I'm actually comfortable with the corners right now. Um, That's a surprise, but yeah, it's, it's going to have to be the line of scrimmage. And Russell Wilson, huh? not so scary anymore.
1: The artist formerly known as uh, Russell Wilson, who may he may be one of those guys who had a great Hall of Fame worthy first half of his career and is playing himself out of Canton with how bad he has been uh, the last couple of years. Um, Russell Wilson can be a turnover machine. Uh, he's not a deep threat at all. He's averaging less than seven yards per pass attempt. They do have talented receivers in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Um, so this'll be an interesting matchup for Buffalo's corners with Dane Jackson, with Rasul Douglas. We're not sure about Christian Benford's availability with the hamstring injury. Um, but Cortland Sutton, Sutton is going to be a fun matchup to watch Him against Rasul Douglas, I think, would draw that assignment because of the height on height. You know, Sutton 6'4", Douglas is 6'2". Douglas plays really well, rather, against the bigger physical wideouts. And again, with the fact that, you know, the the Broncos' offense is not a world beater, you know, whatsoever. I mean, uh, they're 16th in the league in points per game. They're 22nd in yards per game. uh, Under Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, and Sean Payton's team is really really struggling, so let's hope that this is a get-right game on both sides of the ball for both Buffalo's offense and Buffalo's defense. Jamie, take us home. You can go first on your predictions. How are you seeing the game play out in primetime?
0: I'm seeing the Bills winning this one 24-18. Three weeks
1: in a row with the same (laughs) score. (laughs) Yeah. I, I can't imagine that has ever Uh, transpired. And uh, the degenerates uh, who like to gamble would be pissed off because I think the line is seven or seven and a half uh, for the Bills at home, which is nowhere near what you would have thought it would have been before the season started. But sadly, uh, this Bills team has taken a step back in their blowout win capability. But as I say that, I think the Bills are going to win comfortably on Monday Night Football. I'm calling it Bills win 31 to 18 I'll, I'll copy your points <laughs> aloud and say the bills score a little more i see the bills getting a 30 burger uh, in this one in prime time to get right and uh, get to six and four on the year bills fans believe Bill listeners we want to hear from you what are your thoughts on our topic this week how do you see the game playing out will the bills get back in the win column jamie is on twitter at the jamie domico and i am at john boccasino for my great friend and good colleague Jamie D'Amico, I am John Bacassino for this week's episode of the Bill Leaf Podcast. Go Bills!